All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I am Jacob Brown, and uh, I don't really like Steve Cashin. Uh, I don't know why he's here. Our two teams are facing each other in the Eastern Conference Finals in about two hours. And uh, we had to talk about it today. Adam Kupferman, seemingly too scared to come on today. Um, he had something called work to do. Uh, not good enough of an excuse for me, but, uh, and CJ, Yuri's nowhere to be found. Uh, the Florida Panthers are eliminated from the playoffs after being swept. Um, so he's MIA. Uh, may, he'll be ready for Lord of the Rings, but MIA for this. So let's get into this, Stephen. Okay. Rangers and Lightning tonight, Eastern Conference Finals. This is the big stage. You're used to this. I'm not for the last seven years. But now we're back here. These two teams are back facing each other again. First of all, what you've been up to lately, how you've been doing, and give your thoughts on the series. Yeah, I've been doing good, man. It's been a long time uh, since we've been on. Uh, last time we were on, we were touching up on some baseball. But, uh, yeah, it's been working, um, you know, in the middle of the interview process and all that. But uh, been watching as much lightning hockey. I've, I've caught every single game thus far in the playoffs and catching up with almost every series. I've, I've, I've got <clears throat> just about – other than the West Coast, really, I've watched all the Eastern Conference games uh, up to this point. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's – it's kind of hard to believe that, you know, it, it's, I guess it's not hard to believe that the Rangers are back here. Um, I was high on them the last couple of years and obviously making the postseason, they've been getting more mature. Um, and now here they are facing the back-to-back -back defending Stanley cup champions. And they were one of my picks early on in the year. Um, I said penguins and lightning um, in the Eastern conference final, um, but the Rangers ultimately eliminated them. And now they're here. Um, this is going to be an exciting series. Um, the last time the Rangers are in this spot, they're facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, it really sets up a lot of storylines here. Um, this is probably one of the most anticipated rounds um, and matchups, uh, excuse me, um, I think in the last couple of years in, the, in terms of uh, the playoffs. You got two big-time goalies going up against each other. A lot of debate all year who's been the best goalie in the east is it igor is it pasileski um you know are the rangers turning a corner here i mean there's a lot of things that could be answered in, in in this series but man i'm excited i'm ready for it um you know the lightning were down and out early in this season and now here they are back four games away to go back um still defending their their stanley cup so you know really it's it, it's gonna be a battle and and i'm excited for whatever happens yeah, and to me, the, the lighting, this is the most consistent playoff performance that really I've seen. And, you know, and it's not like I've been watching hockey for 20 years, but I've been watching hockey since 2011. And I've seen the Blackhawks go on, on long runs, the LA Kings, but they did it every other year or they did it spread out. Now, Chicago was winning every year going deep, but the Lightning have gone to the finals and won it two straight years. They're in the Eastern Conference finals again. And if they make it again and go to three straight, you just don't see that in hockey. It, it is a hard thing to do. Um, and again, the Penguins are the most recent version of this. They, they won, I think, two in a row back in the mid-2010s, and then they, they, uh, they went to the East Final. They, they, I forget what happened. They went, they went back to back in 16 and 17, or 17 and 18, excuse me. I think it was, or 16, 17, and then they went on. Yeah, it was 16, 17, they went back to back. And then they ultimately lost in the second round to the Washington Capitals, who ultimately ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So 
this is the deepest run a team has had in terms of back-to-back since since the Penguins. Um, I, I think it was Detroit, actually. They went to the final to in quest of a three-peat and ultimately lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in 08. Um, but, yeah, like you said, you were hitting around the head and um, consistently since – this is the most consistent run since the Penguins were uh, 16 and 17 back-to-back run team that they had. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, and the retooling that had to be done as well, that bottom six was not – solidified until the trade deadline when they picked up a few guys and some moves where you even questioned a little bit joseph leaving the team who was a good guy a good glue guy but at the same time you get a guy like paul to come in who can center that third line and and bring you size and speed and bring in a hagel i mean these are moves that are great but the rangers had just as great of a trade deadline they needed to make moves as well because throughout the entire regular season Uh, Up until the trade deadline, they were struggling at scoring 5v5 goals. Uh, It was very dependent on the power play. You had Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, who had impeccable years uh, points-wise, and uh, as well as Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider scored a franchise record in power play goals because he's a Mr. Tip guy in front of the net, although in the playoffs, and and I'll make this clear as well, uh, as I've been up in Forest City, I did not watch a single Rangers-Hurricanes game. I caught until the Rangers were leading 3-0 in Game 7. It was painful not to watch any of these games, but I didn't watch them. So, it was you know, uh, I can't give a valid opinion on how they played. But, um, you know, the Rangers made equal moves. You bring in a Frank Vitrano. You bring in an Andrew Kopp. You bring in Tyler Mott. Uh, Barkley Goodrow is a free agent. Ryan Reeves is a free agent. They bring in Justin Braun from the trade deadline. These were all small moves. They didn't give up really anybody except for Morgan Barron, who, if you look at the prospects that the Rangers have, he doesn't fit in the long-term fold anyway. He would have been maybe a temporary fix. Uh, and, and for me going in, I was like, well, I kind of like Barron more than Heedle. Well, now maybe not. Heedle had a great uh, series against the Hurricanes from what I understand. So um, the, the four lines can be rolled. The three defensive pairs, five out of the six, are highly productive defensemen. And Braun is a guy who is, is, is experienced in the playoffs and who you don't notice on the ice. He doesn't make mistakes. You don't think about him. And that's exactly who he needs to be on the third pair, just that experienced physical presence next to the rookie Schneider. So this team is pretty much, to me, especially with Goodrow coming back for game six and seven, it is the team that they want right now. That fourth line, I think, is key of Mott, Goudreau, and Reeves. That fourth line to me, and and I like the Lightning fourth line, but I think it honestly beats it. I think Pat Maroon is a great player, uh, but those other two players on that fourth line for the Lightning, I I would rather take Barkley Goudreau, who was on the Lightning on their third line, and Ryan Reeves, who is the guy you want for the role that he's playing. He might take a half hour to go up the ice, but he will hit you, and he will... Uh, put that presence on the ice that you don't want to fuck with us so that that's what the rangers are bringing they have that physicality that steve we've been talking for years that's what they were missing now it's not they have the skill to mix in and they have guys that just put the puck in the back of the net which is something that they lack throughout the regular season am i saying they're going to beat the lightning i don't think they will i just don't Uh, i think the only way that they will quite frankly is if the lightning are gassed I mean, we've been pointing out longest playoff run, most consistent playoff run. Well, the reason why teams don't do this more frequently is because it's the hardest trophy to win. 
it takes the most energy. And when you do it year after year after year, it takes a lot out of you. And so the Rangers are theoretically fresher, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, but the Lightning, to me, that experience is going to prevail. That's just my opinion on the series. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of dynamics, and, and you really hit it home with the Rangers. And I'll, I'll touch on them a little bit because they were a team that that had everyone's eye all year. I mean, they were the they were consistent pretty much through 82 games. I mean, the the latter half of the season they might have had a, they might have got a little gassed there. Um, in terms of scoring goals, but I think they, they already had their eyes set in the playoffs. They, they lost Barkley Goodrow at the end of the year there. Um, we're struggling to score goals towards the end. Um, Shesterkin, I guess, was playing up and down. They weren't playing as much, I think, giving him some time to rest because uh, he was really carrying most of the minutes. But, yep. man, this this Rangers team, though, I think, will, I will say, just don't give up. They don't give up. They, that's been the theme of, of this whole playoff run for them is – they find a way just to keep him going. And I think that goes hand in hand with their head coach as well. Gallant's yep. pushing him. Hey, in game after games five uh, in the, in the hurricane series, he goes, we were slow. We sucked. We flat out weren't good enough to win that hockey game. We weren't good enough to win that series. And I think the players took it to heart and, and they kept going. Um, I, after that game five too, especially they got Barclay Goodrow back in that lineup, man, that really, I think, turn the tide for that Rangers team in terms of their PK, their forechecking ability, because every time Barclay Goodrow's in the ice, that guy plays a 200 foot game. And he was up on, he was up on Sebastian. Ajo, he was up on Sevechnikov. He was up on Tara Vinan. He wasn't giving them. Which by second. the way, they didn't do anything in that series. No. And he, they weren't, the Rangers weren't allowing them to have a second to breathe. And that's what ultimately let them win the last two games of the series. they, games you know six and seven they were able to claw back in that series and and really shut those top guys down for carolina and it goes back to the toughness that we talked about for two years that i go the rangers will never get to this point unless they get that sandpaper in that lineup and they went out and got it they have ryan reese they have goodrow they have trubas that's back there he keeps guys on the other team he he's a force to be reckoned with out there he's able to hit he's able to work the corners and so that's the element that I think is the difference for this Rangers team this year is they've been able to put the puck in the back of the net. They've been able to play good enough defense and keep the puck out of the net. It's having that playoff style of hockey come this time of year. And they've done everything that they've been able to do to get to this point and hats off to them. And it's just Sterkin, whatever flip switched from the Penguins series down three to one, something clicked there where he just was like, I'm not going to let this team beat me. I'm not going to let anyone beat me. And he, yes, he got yanked early on in the Carolina series. And you're like, well, man, maybe this could be it, but no, he just, you know, he kind of takes pride in his game as well. Like he, he, I think he does model after Vasilevsky a little bit in terms of he takes pride of when he loses or he doesn't have a good performance because after that game two of Carolina, he bounced back and he, he was not letting that Carolina team beat him. And so Everything's kind of gone well. It's gone right for the Rangers team, but lines one through four, like you mentioned, they just produce. They do their job out there, and it's whether it's Kreider out there getting in front of the net, it's Heedle, the puck seemed to find him at the right times in the Carolina series, and he's putting it in the back of the net. It's Goodrow coming back from injury and going, you know, what? I'm going to gut it up and help this team win on the PK and kill off that high-powered offense that Carolina has on line one on the PK on the power play. 
And that's what won in that tail end of that series. So this Rangers team, I love to watch them. Like I, I've told you for years, they were my second favorite team behind the lightning. Unfortunately, now that's not the case, <laughs> but uh, they're a fun team to watch. They're dynamic. They, every time they touch the puck, you feel like they can score and they can do good things out there. So this is going to be a, a grind of a series. It's going to be, I think, you know, a matchup I look at is can the lightning's PK hold off the Rangers top power play unit early on in the regular season, the, the three matchups they had, the power play for the Rangers absolutely killed the lightning's PK. It just exposed them. They found ways to beat them that way. Five on five. I think it was pretty much evenly matched for the most part. Um, I think if you're going to really dissect the series, the last game, the Lightning and Rangers played that two to one overtime game or two to one game where the Rangers struck late in that game was the best game of the season series. And that's, I think, what we're going to see every night of this series. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be who gets that late goal, who has that power play goal that puts that team over the edge in that game. And I, I think if that's the case, we're in for a treat. And I think we're in for a six or seven game series. Yeah, and I went to two of those three games when the Rangers went down to Tampa, and you're right that the the, set, the New Year's Eve one was fun, uh, but that second game was was the best of the series, mm-hmm. and and what the Rangers did very well uh, was, and even at the Garden as well, they neutralized the stars of the Lightning. Stamkos was not, uh, you know, he did in the New Year's Eve game, but the, the other two games, he didn't really do much, uh, and that's what you need to do. The, you need to lock down the lightning superstars and nobody's been able to do that across a playoff series in two plus years. So uh, that's why it's hard to just sit here and say, yeah, the Rangers been on a nice run. They can do it. This is going to be their toughest matchup. I get it. They were three and zero against the lightning. It doesn't matter. They were also, th- uh, they also had a good season record against the penguins. It doesn't really matter when it comes to playoff time. So um, that's the biggest thing for me as I'm going into this. What was the regular season, just the lightning we're playing in the regular season and it's not playoff time yet. And you just wait until we play you. Then it's going to be a totally different story. I think that's what we're going to see. But on the other side of the coin here, I'm also so tired of hearing ESPN sit there and act like this is some sort of surprise or some sort of thing. That's not supposed to happen that the Rangers mm-hmm. advanced us this, this far. Uh, yeah. They kept making the excuses in the hurricane series. Oh, you know, Goalie came out. They didn't have to face Frederick Anderson, blah, blah, blah. Well, they won a series with Auntie Ranta. He was playing on his head, and he was out when they were already up 2 nothing in game mm-hmm. seven. So you can't tell me that it's that, oh, the Rangers took advantage. Not only that, but the Rangers should have won game one if Capo Caco didn't miss a wide-open net. Exactly. Um, so, you know, that's how the playoffs works. And against the Penguins, you know what? both teams had injuries so and they ended up winning and the penguins were up 3-1 they had every chance i don't care what situation mm-hmm. you're in you come back from 3-1 that's impressive so the rangers shouldn't be taken lightly but can't sit here and say that they're going to win this series yeah i mean i think you know the the narrative of that the rangers don't belong here i think is ludicrous um you know i've watched every single game of 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 their run so far I've watched every game of the, of the Penguins. I watched every game of the Hurricane Series. And they flat out just know how, what it takes to win this year. And, yes, were they given a hand that they did play Louis Domingue. They played Auntie Ranta. But guess what? Like you mentioned, the Penguins are up in the last three games of that series, that Penguin Series. 
They were up two to nothing in game six. Yep, and they were up too. two to nothing in game seven. They were one goal away from putting the Rangers away, and they couldn't do it. And hats off to the Rangers for staying true to their game. And at this time of year, Steven Stamko said it in the early on in the Panther series and the tail end of the Leaf series is because the team that goes farthest is the team that sticks to their game plan and sticks to their style of play and doesn't lose themselves in the other team's style of play. And the Rangers, hats off to them. They have stuck to their game plan. They have not strayed away from their identity. They're going to, you know what? We're down two to nothing. You know what? Screw it. Fuck it. It's over. We're going to regroup. We're going to get the next one. And when we get the next one, we're going to find a way to grind it out, work the corners, and we're going to get the equalizer. And then we're going to make it a new ball game and find a way to win there. And hats off to them. They did it in the Penguin series and they did it in the Carolina series. After game five, they put their heads down and they go, you know what? We're going to win our home game and we're going to go on the road to game seven to beat a team that hasn't lost at home yet. And they absolutely blitz Carolina, which it wasn't shocking. I expected a much closer game, but man, the Rangers just flat out went out there and it was two nothing early on and they didn't look back. They did not look back. Even when Carolina scored the goal to make it four to one, the Rangers said, you know what? We're putting this thing to bed, put two more up on the board. We're going to the conference final. So like you mentioned, the fact that ESPN's writing off the Rangers that they don't belong here, or this is this David versus Goliath matchup. I don't see it that way. I really don't. This Rangers team is too talented to be overlooked. I think this series does go deep, and, you know, anything can happen. You you have a great goaltender between the pipes. It's going to be a great goaltending matchup. It's who's going to be able to beat that best that goaltender at a key pivotal moment. And, you know, I'm not going to make a prediction. You know, I don't make predictions based on the lightning, but I just think anything can happen here. I, I, I think, you know, it's a team of that's just – I wouldn't say destiny. I don't like to use that term because they have the talent, but man, they've proved it throughout this year that they can do it and they are deserving to move on as well. So it's, we're in for a really good treat as a hockey fan, uh, no matter what happens, because both teams have the physicality, they have the scoring and they have the golding. It's probably the most evenly matched series. I think you look at on paper uh, that we've seen, like I said, in a long time. Yeah, no, I'm with you and you, and you hit it with the, the emotional state of the team. They just, nothing really rattles them. They could have got rattled with a group that, that kid line, Lafreniere, Hedel, Kako, they don't have that experience. Um, you know, Ryan Strom, not much playoff experience. Uh, Frank Vitrano struggled with the Panthers last year in the playoffs. Uh, Andrew Kopp, never been relied upon like he has been with the Rangers. Uh, even Zabanajad, well removed from playing. Um, so, uh, Panarin as well hasn't played in the playoff series since Columbus so there's a lot of that there but they never give up they never back down it's that quiet humble confidence that they have and and you know watching from afar it's it's very odd but again I didn't watch a single minute of the series I couldn't I mean every now and then I'd put on ESPN on my phone blah 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 but it, just like something in my head I'm sitting there like yeah they lost but it's one loss you know, like, and it's, I feel like that's how the team thought too. And it was, a, it's, they almost, it's almost like they think logically instead of emotionally. And when they lost that, when they won the home game in game six, or actually, sorry, when they, when they lost game five, I said, they, they're going to win the home game. Number one, I had full confidence they're going to win the home game. And then I said, this group knows they can win one of these three road games and that this Carolina streak can't keep going of them winning every game 
it's almost just a logical point of view at that point that it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Carolina is going to have to break at some point. And if we push them early on, there it is. Uh, so that was a really important factor. But one thing I didn't mention as well is the lightning swept the Panthers and they've mm-hmm. been off for a long time. That's a big fat. They, they just, they went through the Panthers period. Yeah. And that's a, that is a factor that, um, you know, as a fan, you know, you, you always wonder the, the old, you know, argument it's, is it, it's rest versus rust. You know, yeah. what's going to happen there. You're playing a team that just came off a, a seven game series. Um, they're fr- I wouldn't say they're fresh, but they're fresh in, in, in terms of the fact that of the pace of the game, the lightning have been off for nine days. I don't care how much you practice. You can't get that real time playoff pace at practice. You're playing your own guys. The Ranger just came off a, a battle of a series and they're at home that entered that building's going to be juiced. Um, but I will say there is, there is nothing wrong with getting rest at this time. A team that has played the most hockey out of any team the last three years, which I will take the rest The team that is banged up. They have had, they battled some injuries, but uh, that will be a, a, a thing to watch tonight is which team has the jump out of the gate. Are the Rangers satisfied with moving on um, winning that big game seven? Is there a letdown there? Uh, do the lightning come out with a little bit of jump themselves with the rest? So there is a, a game within the game going into tonight, but um, you know, that is going to be a factor, but, the Lightning, like you mentioned, they did. They came off a, a series, a, a sweep of the Panthers, the best team in the league, uh, the the highest scoring team in the league. And if you were to tell me that the Tampa Bay Lightning were going to sweep the Panthers, as much as I would have loved to hear everyone say that, I would have thought you were out of your fucking mind. Oh yeah. I really, I really did not see that coming. I thought maybe if everything went right, they win in five. But man. Uh, whatever clicked for the lightning after games uh, game six uh, of the Toronto series. Uh, I don't know what happened, but the, the light just clicked. And I think they weren't done playing hockey. And I think they just kind of gutted it up and said, you know, Hey, we have more to give. And, and you've seen it from that team. So um, a little bit, one more thing I want to talk about the Rangers here too. Two guys that have stood out to me in the Carolina series, Keandre Miller, Lindgren, Lindgren, that guy is tough as nails. I think I saw him go to the locker room there and back like seven times, and he just refused to stay out of the lineup. And Keandre Miller has come into his own. That guy looks like he's played in the league for five, six years, and he's out there in people's faces. He's not afraid to get in the scrums. And for a guy that as young as he is, getting in guys' faces, getting in, you know, getting in scrums, taking you know a roughing penalty here and there to get his guys going. I mean, those two guys really kind of drove the bus for them on the bottom side. Um, you know, as much as banged up as Lindgren was, he was a force to be reckoned with out there physicality wise. So was Keandre Miller, who's played like a beast. So, um, you know, the, the bottom, the bottom side of the Rangers have really helped them uh, excel to this point. So um, I think that's a great matchup going into this series too, is the bottom side, the bottom pairings for the Rangers against the lightning's bottom pairs and the fourth line versus fourth line. I think will be key um, in terms of each team's success. Absolutely. So uh, we'll move on to the West. We got abs and Oilers. Uh, I could not watch that game either last night, uh, but I, I saw in the chat, everyone saying, what a fucking league NHL must watch TV. I checked my phone. It was eight, six at the time, I think. And I sent in the chat, Holy cow. Uh, like that, that's just inconceivable. Uh, but when Mike Smith is one of the goalies, 
And when Darcy Kemper is knocked out of the game, that's what happens. I don't think we're going to be seeing that the entire series, but uh, I don't see Edmonton persevering here. If Colorado wins game two, which I think they will, I think they'll take one of the games in Edmonton. I think this is a five-game series. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for Edmonton. I just, uh, yeah, it's hard to root against a guy like McDavid. Um, you can say the same about McKinnon on the other side. Both guys want to win the cup as, uh, you know, more than the guy next to him. They just give, they give everything to the game. Uh, they're the future of the league, and they're everything that's right about the league. They, you know, they're the, the face of, of the NHL. They're gonna, it's what's going to grow the game from here on out. But uh, touching on the game last night, I got to watch you know, the whole first period. Um, I went to the gym during the second period, but they had it on TV. Um, you know, Mike Smith, man, that is the, my one takeaway out of that whole game was if he got pulled a little bit earlier, I think that game goes Edmonton's favor. There were some bad goals he gave up. It started, I knew it was going to be that kind of night when the first goal, uh, I think it was McKinnon, I believe, the first goal for the, no, it was Comfort and Burkowski went on a, on a rush. And Mike Smith slides over post to post. Instead of just staying square up to the puck, he dives and lunges at the puck. That Comfer shoots at him, and it's able to go over his shoulder. And I go, oh, man, he's flopping all over the place. He's not square to the puck. He's not square in his net. He's too deep in his net. This could be trouble if they, if they have so everything at him. And ultimately, they got six past him before Koskinen takes over. And the two goals Koskinen gave up weren't his fault. It was a break, two-on-one breakaway and an empty net. But if they don't tighten things up on their end of the defensive side and Mike Smith is, is a liability back there, like you said, this could be a very short-lived series for the Edmonton Oilers, um, which would be unfortunate because to see this series go six or seven would be a treat as a hockey fan. But um, I think Colorado has too much firepower up front to really be – to really be stopped. And I think game two is a must win. It is a must win for the Oilers because as much as you want to say they can win two at home in Edmonton, uh, I just don't see, I just don't see that. So um, tomorrow night's game will be a, a really telling uh, to where the series goes, um, but we'll see. I think you got to keep Mike, Mike Smith on a short leash. If he gives up two really bad goals, to start the game. Uh, I think you got to get them out of there as soon as possible and give yourself the best chance to win because that Oilers team can score. McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, and Kane, they've been a dynamic force when they're cycling the puck down low and, they're, and they can keep the puck in um, consistently. So there's, there's a goalie factor that does go into the series. Uh, I don't know if Kemper will be back, but uh, this could be fun. Hey, hey, who knows if it tightens up? This could be 6-7, six to 7-6 seven, seven, every game. I mean – if it is, man, sit back, get your popcorn. Hey, and if it is, whatever team wins is losing the cup final because they're not going to be able to do that in the cup final. That's what, I, that's what I was saying last night. I was like, you know, if this is the trend and no one can tighten up and goalies are giving up six, seven a night, man, the Lightning and Rangers could be the Stanley Cup final in its, in its own regard because you're not – those two teams, the Rangers and Lightning, pride themselves on goaltending and defense, and the scoring comes as it as it will, you, as you may. And, you know, you're not going to score seven, eight on Shesterkin or Vasilevsky night in and night out. So um, I think it will tighten up. I think naturally you can't play that style of game every single night and expect to win on either side. Uh, 
McDavid said that last night and Kadri did say it for the abs. He goes, we have to tighten up or we will lose um, a significant amount in this series. So um, definitely some things to keep your eye on down the road. And um, hopefully this one goes a little bit longer than five, but on the way it's going, I just don't, I don't see it. Yep. I'm with you there. So let's move on to some baseball here to finish up the show. Uh, we did an opening day pod, but with everything that's been going on, man, we, we listen to our audience that's still sticking with us with this inconsistent schedule that we upload with. Uh, thank you. Seriously. It, it keeps us going. Um, the people that listen, give us feedback and all that. And uh, it really does mean a lot. Um, and, and when this four city season's over for me, I plan on, on getting back on the pods and, and getting a more consistent schedule, but major league baseball, Last two weeks, uh, I haven't been able to watch the Yankees either. Um, I've been following the injury scare session that they go on yearly uh, where Chad Green, Jonathan Luizaga, Araldis Chapman, Donaldson, and Stanton all hit the IL. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just what the Yankees do, but they are they won 9-1 last night or whatever the score was. Uh, the guys that are in there are still hitting. Aaron Judge is, I mean – it's indisputable. I mean, he, he might be the best player in baseball right now. 18 home runs, 38 RBIs. We're, it's June 1st. You could be talking about a 60 home run season from this guy, 40 RBIs in two months. This is this. You don't see this. This is incredible stuff from Aaron judge. Um, Stanton was on that pace as well before he, he strained the calf. Uh, Donaldson was struggling a little bit. The Rays too. Um, they're not pretty this year, but mm. once again, they are finding ways to win games. We kind of said that this was going to happen when we went into the year that it's every year with the Rays. You're like, eh, I don't see it anymore. Meadows is gone, blah, blah, blah. Where's the ace? And they just find a way. You got JP fire rising out in that bullpen, hasn't given up a run. Uh, Jeffrey Springs has been pitching amazingly out of that rotation. McClanahan has kept it going. Um, and the Rays are just winning games somehow. I still think they're going to need a boost at yep. some point. Brandon Lau, when he gets back off the IL, is going to have to start hitting again uh, if they want to be a consistent postseason threat. But it's been great, too, seeing Bruhan in the major leagues, seeing Franco, those two up the middle. That's going to be the future for this team, and, and that's been great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so the Rays have been going that way. Blue Jays, Steve, you've been right about them so far. All that hype, and they're not – amazing they're still good not amazing uh the red Sox have not been great and and a funny little thing here is that uh here in forest city the owner of the team phil dangle is a massive red Sox fan in the forest city office there's a wall that's dedicated to boston memorabilia blah 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 and i'm a yankee fan he knows it i ask him all the time i'm like how did i get hired here uh but he's not having the best time with the red Sox, so it's been fun for me uh then you got the white Sox. 500 baseball what what's going on there twins are winning how's that happening uh and then the al west is basically the astros and the angels and the mariners have been a massive flop so looking around the american league steve we've been almost right about the american league so far yeah i mean you look at from the top to bottom i think you know you go from i'll start with the yankees um you know that's the team that i think everyone's been waiting to see for for a while now and i think you know, you've seen glimpses of it in the past couple of years. Um, but so far this year, they've capitalized on their schedule. Uh, they've, they've beaten the Orioles and they had to beat them, uh, which last year they struggled mightily against them. 
And, you know, you have to capitalize on those wins. They played the, they beat the crap out of the Royals. They beat the Orioles. They played the White Sox well. They've played the teams that aren't up to par well. And when they played the Rays, they split this, the, the four game set, which every game was tight. But the Yankees have, they've been able to pitch well and they've been getting a ton of offense. They, they're relying, they're not relying on one or the other. There's a, a consistent balance there right now. They're back into their bullpen's been amazing. Um, Nestor Cortez, man, that guy is fun I to watch. I love him so much. I mean, he has been, he's been a treat as much as I, you know, you want to hate the Yankees, but I mean, every time he steps on the mound, it's like, you know, when we faced off against him last weekend, I was like, how are we going to get a hit? Luckily we got one hit early on in the game. going to take my stress away, but you know, him and Tyon have pitched really well. Garrett Cole has been Garrett Cole for the most part. And then they've gotten um, a tremendous and amount of Montgomery's got a three Oh three. Yeah. And so you've been getting consistent pitching uh, one through five and, you know, they've had enough offense where they can set it up for the back end of the bullpen. So they have, they've had had a good balance all the way through so far. I mean, I think we're just about a little over 50 games into the season and, you know, they're, they're in a good spot right now, a long bait, a long way to go. But I mean, as of right now, I just don't see how anyone's going to catch them. I mean, the Rays right now, I just don't see how they're going to have the offense to do it. They're leading hitter right now. Wander Franco is in the IL for the next two weeks. Oh, uh, he's batting 270. So you look at where are they going to get run production from? Uh, it seems like everyone from the pitching staff to the starting lineup, everyone's on the IL bouncing around. So if they can stay ahead above water, um, a wild card berth would be just fine. Just get a crack at the playoffs. Um, the Blue Jays, they're playing a lot better. They're eight and two in their last 10. They're starting to pick up their offense again, um, finding their a little bit of identity on the pitching side of it too. So a team that's kind of starting to find a little bit of mojo, um, and a big over. thing with them too is Teoscar Hernandez has been a non-factor yep. uh, with injury, and if him right in that four hole changes a lot. Exactly. So they've been kind of tweaking things here and there, but uh, they're kind of finding their stride as of late. So um, definitely a team I think people forgot about. You know, with all the hype early on, not performing up to standards, I think people thought they would be right where the Yankees are at you know, thirty-four and fifteen or better. So they're right in the thick of things too. So. So, yeah, you know, you know, the AL East is what we thought it would be. Uh, the most surprising team, I think, in the American League has been the Twins, 30 and 21 so far. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Uh, I thought the White Sox would be playing a lot better baseball. Um, so, you know, the Central has been a surprise in terms of the Twins uh, being out in front of the pack. And the West is what it is. Uh, the Houston Astros haven't missed a beat without Correa. Um, the Angels are still keeping up to par, um, struggling as a late. But uh, they're three and seven in their last ten, losers of six straight. So yep. they got to reel it in before it's too late. So um, the American League, yeah, we've been pretty much uh, square on the head there. Yeah, the one flop's been the Mariners. They're under yep. five hundred by a bit. Uh, Jesse Winker has been not a factor at all. He's been healthy the whole year. hasn't been that great. Um, Robbie Ray four point seven five ERA. Blue Jays really look like they made the right decision there, signing Gosman over Ray. Um, the White Sox, though, Lance Lynn's injured. Uh, Giolito has been injured. Eloy Jimenez is injured. Tim Anderson's on the IL right now. Robert spent time on the IL. So they've dealt with injuries, too. Uh, but we'll move into the National League. We have just a few minutes left here. Mets are running the East. Um, 
wow, they're doing a great job. Buck Showalter. Without, right they're doing it without uh, Scherzer and DeGrom, too. So, yep. man, scary, scary team over there in the East. Yeah, scary team for sure. You got the Central with the Brewers. And, you know, Cardinals are cute. I, again, you know my thing with the Cardinals. It's like, okay, you know, let's see where they are. Trade deadline time and mm-hmm. all that. But Col- Paul Goldschmidt's been incredible this season. I think he's hitting 352. Um, mm-hmm. And then the pitching there has been good. Wainwright, Michaelis. Then in the West, Padres are winning. Dodgers are winning. Giants are winning. So it's going to be that three-team race out there. And then one team I want to get your opinion on, just for my guy, this guy, Rory Tedimer, uh, who's with me up here at Forest City, big Phillies fan. He'll be on the podcast at some point. But every single day, uh, I have not tracked Phillies baseball during my life, but I have in these two weeks. I'm telling you, every single day, they give up a lead with that bullpen. It is, it's like clockwork, and Joe Girardi is on the hot seat. Quick thoughts on the Phillies here with like two and a half minutes. Just the nightmare. Just the nightmare, man. They're, they're getting run production. Harper's batting 300, Segura 275, Alec Bohm 269, Castellanos 260, and Real Muto 247, and Reese Hoskins is still producing. So uh, the bullpen's going to be the death of them. Um, every time I turn them on, I'll turn on MLB extra innings. Uh, they have a four or five run lead, toss over to the bullpen, and it goes right to the shitter. So uh, it, it, it's been disappointing because they were one of the teams that I had on the, the cut line to make the, the wild card. Um, very disappointing. If they don't fix the bullpen up, they're going to be, it's, they're nine, they're eight, eight, nine games under 500 right now. They don't figure out that bullpen. You can kiss that season goodbye. And it would be a shame because it's a waste of a, of a ton of run production, which they've been looking for the previous couple seasons. And you finally got it. Now your pitching can't deliver. So, um, they have to figure it out quickly before it's too late. Um, because before you know, you'll be at the trade deadline and you're, 10 games under five and you have no chance. So very disappointing uh, because they've had a ton of games under their belt that they've let slip away too many times this season. Yep. I'm, I'm totally with you. And it's just so disappointing. Longest playoff drought in the national league. Now um, with the Marlins, they made it during that bubble. They would have been the longest, but Phillies are the longest after that. Just disappointing. Um, and yeah, the Padres have been back. Good to see. They still, I think need another bat. Um, maybe like a Nelson Cruz from the Nationals at the end of the year or something like that. Um, we'll see. But baseball has been fun. I'll be able to concentrate on it more once we get to that trade deadline time. But, uh, yeah, so this is a good pod. Rangers are on in an hour and a half against the Lightning. Game one, Eastern Conference Finals. Western Conference Finals, game two is tomorrow night. So it's going to be alternating nights for those series. We're going to try and get one in before the Cup Final as well. So for Steve Cashin. I'm Jacob Brown's good time. You can follow us on strictly sports P on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram at strictly sports productions. And we will see you next time. Thank you guys for listening.